feel kind of like God. <laughs> and then this man with the devil on his hand came and took the hat. Free Britney. Free Britney. you voo dudes and voo dolls and all you vooties in between it's nick nobody savage and dab to death is officially filming for the new youtube channel in the new studio and with new plans for world domination sorry uh video episodes will be released on saturdays after the audio releases fridays i hope that you all enjoyed part two of the simulation theory series and while this isn't part three just yet, I do promise that episode three is coming soon. Uh, no, sir, we just really need to know about the dragons, but they never seem to show up. Oh, they're coming. The dragons are on their way. Until then, I've got a bit of a controversial story for you all that was inspired by a certain docuseries that semi-recently premiered on a certain bird-themed streaming service. For those of you who might not be aware of what I am referring to, I am of course referencing the raging dumpster fire next to an explosives factory of a disaster that is Casey Anthony and the new documentary Where the Truth Lies, now streaming on Peacock. That's right, in what was perhaps an ayahuasca-induced and catastrophic lapse in judgment, the powers that be at Peacock decided to not only do a new Casey Anthony docu-series, but to let Casey Anthony herself essentially dictate the entire direction of the show and tell the story in her own words. Yeah, that's just lies. I, I believe the word they were looking for there is just lies. Her own words, lies, they're pretty much synonymous at this point. Now, if you aren't aware of who Casey Anthony is and why this new documentary is such a fucking problem, then buckle the fuck up and get ready to get angry. We'll start with the original story that caught the nation's attention and then move on to the clusterfuck of Tom Fuckery that is where the truth lies. But first, I need a fucking dab. So, what we dabbing on? Uh, of course, you know, paper planes, always and forever. My my one true love. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I smoke other weed sometimes. <laughs> so I've got uh, one of the paper planes lemon tree collab strains here. I've got some melon tree diamond sauce. <sighs> I, I am working on getting a camera angle specifically just for the dabs uh, so you can see how pretty the dabs are and how ugly my nails are. Maybe I'll just start painting my nails, you know, get away with it. Whew. All right. Uh, and then also, like I said, so I've got the melon tree, which is with our lemon tree collab. Don't mind me. Just drinking water out of my dab to death tumbler, custom made by my lovely fiance. If you would like a dab to death tumbler, please let me know and I will connect you. Or you can just check out AMD Rogue Aesthetics on Instagram or TikTok. <sighs> All right. And then, so like I said, I got some uh, peanut butter breath. 
pretty sure it's just a oh boy kind of like a honey crystal sugary kind of consistency and then i've got some for a change i've got some shatter uh some of the zots shatter in the new paper planes packaging i know you can't really see it i'm gonna hold it like way over here but uh yeah uh so yeah the zots shatter it's a pretty good looking shatter too once you get it out of the packaging yeah, not not too bad. I, I mean, again, you can't really, woo, woo. I could just throw it at the camera and just be like, yeah. Anyway, that was aggressive. <clears throat> uh, think. Oh, and of course, I have my handy dandy starship, which uh, thank you Hamilton again for. I love it very much, and uh, I have not put it down since I got it, basically. So. If you want to get yourself a starship, go down to Hamilton Devices. There will be a link in the episode description. Whew. All right, so I'm going to just do a little dab of Rooney here. Uh, I think I will start with the melon tree. Fuck it. No, no, no. Peanut butter breast. I've done the peanut butter breast before. It's nothing super crazy, super fancy, but it's good. I like it. Also, I got my new little uh, rig here just for the studio. I probably should have looked at the dimensions of it before I bar I purchased it, but um, did not do that. So here we are. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to do a quick little dab of this peanut butter breath and get into the story because I feel like I'm rambling at this point. I always like to do a little chunker. Oh, Jesus. I think I'm just going to have to very, very, very carefully do this. Yeah, I did not think this rig through at all. It's a great rig. Uh, stash, S-T-A-C-H-E, Stash Products. A great rig, uh, just did not really think it through as far as like size and uh, usability in this setting. I kind of thought it was going to be bigger, easier to pass back and forth. But hey, it's an all-in-one e-nail rig, so you got to love it. And you can custom choose your colors, so that's cool. We're going to ignore the fact that I missed my mouth the first time. <coughs> now, what I do like about it being a smaller rig... <coughs> and being an e-nail with a glass banger as opposed to titanium <coughs> you get a lot better flavor <coughs> it's not as harsh <coughs> I would say it doesn't make you cough as much but that's not true Woo. <laughs> 
It's definitely got a little bit of a gassiness to it. Oh, fuck my eyes. Watering. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, yeah, it's got a little bit of gassiness to it. Um, you know, which I think most breath strains, you know, like lamb's breath. Obviously, this one. <coughs> lamb's breath is actually a really good strain if you haven't tried it. You, you definitely. It's it's harder to find like actual lamb's breath nowadays. But fun fact: Bob Marley's favorite strain. Whew! All right. <sighs> okay, now I feel properly, well, properly medicated. Hmm. <coughs> ah, now if I could just stop coughing. Woo! Cough stopping. Okay, so let's dig into this bullshit. We all first heard the name Casey Anthony on July 15th, 2008, when her mother Cindy called 911 in Orlando, Florida <coughs> and reported that her two-year-old granddaughter Kaylee was missing. The concern in her voice is painfully clear, and when she hands the phone to her 22-year-old daughter so she can talk to the 911 operator, it becomes apparent why. 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> I cried a little bit ago. The deputy said I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba the baby is where? The said it took her a month ago. My daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. So she couldn't even find she just admitted Casey to me for a she's month. She's been trying to find her herself. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E. -E, Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. How long has she been missing for? I have not seen her since the 7th of June. Is your daughter there? Yes. Can I speak with her? She's downstairs. They want to talk to you. Hello? Hello? Yes. Can you tell me what's going on a little bit? I'm sorry? Can you tell me a little bit what's going on? My daughter's been missing for the last 31 days. And you're just now saying something. And you know who has her? I know who has her. I tried to contact her. I actually really? received a phone call today. Huh, now weird. I have a number that is no longer in service. I did get to speak to my daughter for <coughs> about a minute. Who has her? The daughter Any that name? was already dead. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, so that was the a clip from the 911 call. And, you know, that's right. The, the listless voice on the other end of the phone that's Casey Anthony, and she almost sounds annoyed, you know, at having to make this call in the first place. Uh, so she informs the operator that her daughter has been missing for the last 31 days. And let that sink in for a minute. Her two-year-old daughter has been missing for a month, and this is the first anyone has heard about it. 
Makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. So obviously it wasn't long before the story gained national attention and everyone was invested in finding out where little Kaylee Anthony was. Everyone except her mother, Casey, or so it seemed. From the very beginning, Casey's story was riddled with lies, and she began to lead investigators on a series of wild goose chases. One of the parts of her story that was bullshit was that she had been entrusting the care of her daughter Kaylee to a woman named Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez, who had allegedly been their nanny for the past two years. <coughs> Sorry. She then led police to several locations that were supposedly connected to this Zanny the Nanny, including Zenaida's obviously vacant apartment. The next stop on the tour of complete and utter crap that Casey was feeding the cops was to the back lot of Universal Studios in Hollywood, California, where she claimed that she worked. Casey even went so far as to walk the detectives all the way through one of the administrative buildings where she said that her office was, waving to the utterly confused employees as she passed by. <coughs> it was only after reaching a dead end that Casey stopped, turned to the detectives, and admitted that she in fact did not work there. She was arrested on July 16th and charged with child neglect, lying to investigators, and interfering, yeah, and interfering with a criminal investigation. I haven't even mentioned the fact that the 911 call that started this whole story wasn't even the first call that Cindy made about her daughter, or the fact that her damn car smelled like a dead fucking body. Anyways, during a bail hearing five days later, Casey is named as a person of interest in the disappearance of her daughter, Kaylee. This is based mainly off of the evidence of decomposition from Casey's car, and her bail is set at $500,000. Sorry, this just... This whole story just fucking... It's frustrating. I mean, it was frustrating the first time around, you know, because it was kind of obvious to everybody. Well, I guess not everybody, you know, there were the people that <clears throat> believed in Casey's innocence. And if you're one of those people, yeah, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. That's all I got to say. Ah, uh, so anyway, moving on. In an odd twist to an already strange story, a month later, her bail is posted by a bounty hunter named Leonard Padilla. It was believed by Padilla and his business partner, Robert Dick, that Casey would lead them to Kaylee in exchange for bailing her out. They felt that something had happened to young Kaylee and that Casey was in over her head, that she didn't know how to ask for help, which is completely understandable. Hell, the cops even gave Casey that out early on in the case, saying that they had dealt with situations with mothers whose kids accidentally died. Yet, it was an out that Casey did not take. Instead, Casey used her newfound freedom to steal some checks from one of her friends and do a little shopping. Ten days after her bail was posted, it was revoked, with Padilla having nothing to say about it except, quote, 
I came, I gave it my best shot. She didn't want to talk to me. What can I say? End quote. I'm sorry, but no, no. You shelled out like how much money to get this chick out of jail? How much? And then she's just like, she fucks up and you're just like, oh, oh well, I'm out my money. <laughs> no, you don't just walk away. Just like, oh, I tried. Sorry. Anyway, this whole case is bullshit. It's bullshit. Bullshit. Bullshit artist. Yeah, anyway. <sighs> Casey is again bailed out on September 5th, but returned to jail by the end of the month. She was officially charged with first degree with <clears throat> she was officially charged with the first degree murder of Kaylee Anthony on October 14th. This charge, alongside the charges of aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter, and four counts of providing false information to law enforcement, set the stage for one hell of a trial. One that the un one that the entire nation would watch with undivided attention. <sighs> I think it's time for a dab. And, you know, actually, this does bring up a really interesting correlation to the O.J. Simpson trial, actually. <clears throat> Sorry, Simpson. The O.J. Simpson trial. Yes, if you, if you weren't aware, the O.J. Simpson trial was back in the 1990s. Uh, it was about a man who uh, he brutally, 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 brutally murdered his wife and her friend. And uh, but then he got away with it because, you know, uh, the glove didn't fit. But uh, there's there's reasons for that. But we're not getting into that. We did that. Go back. Listen. Check it out. Anyway. Like I said, there is a pretty interesting correlation here with the O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, by the way, I'm doing the Zots Shatter. <clears throat> and then this trial, because the O.J. Simpson trial was really like one of the first trials by media where, you know, everybody was forming their opinions based off of the news coverage and the TVs and the, you know, the TMZs of the world. And so it was like that was like how everybody formed their opinion on that trial. It was like one of the biggest like broadcast trials. And then so like this one was kind of one of the first trials by social media. You know, it was more. uh you know, modern than the OJ. So you know, just slightly, but uh, so, you know, you had social media now, which played a huge part in it too. And then now it just spreads even further because then you got people all around the world that are listening and following the story and everybody on social media has their, you know, their opinions and their theories. And um, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it's brutal online. Honestly, it's, it's fucking brutal. So you can imagine the kind of shit. Although, again, that does bring me back to uh, Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix, which proves why the Internet is great. I mean, not great that the guy could post that shit, but great that people were able to, like, track him down and fucking, you know, be all detectives and shit better than the cops were almost. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying. Anywho. <laughs> I'm going to do a dab so I can stop talking. Whoa. ASMR. I forgot I'm on camera. 
That just looks weird. Anyway. definitely got a little bit of pine kind of earthy It's not bad as far as shatter goes, actually. <coughs> I will say that about... And again, I might be biased, whatever. But I will say that paper plane shatter... As far as shatter goes, like it's definitely one of my favorites. Because they always put out really good shatter for a really good price point. You know, and I'm not, again, not just selling the product. Because I'm not on the sales team. It's not my job. What? Fuck. <coughs> oh, God. <coughs> God damn. <sighs> okay. So, we're not really here to talk about the trial, however. And if I did, this episode would be way too long like way too long besides most people know how that went by this point the case stretched out for three years the evidence was presented and on july 5th 2011 casey anthony is found not guilty of murder <clears throat> of course this verdict was extremely controversial Versial. Controversial, 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 whatever. Most people believed that Casey was guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt and that there had been a gross miscarriage of justice. While there were those who stood firm in their belief that there was no way that this exceptionally loving mother could do something like that to her child. And uh, just just like a, a brief filling you in on if you didn't really follow the trial and what exactly happened um basically kaylee's body was found not too far from the anthony home um basically wrapped in a fucking blanket and then in a bag like a trash bag with duct tape around the head but then they're saying that the duct tape wasn't on the head because there was no dna but then it's a skeleton by the time you found it so like like I said, we weren't really here to talk the semantics of what happened, but it's just, it's fucked up. It's, regardless, it's fucked up. 
whatever people may have believed, Casey Anthony basically disappeared for a while. Time moved on, and eventually she faded into obscurity until she decided it was time to tell her side of the story. Cue the release of Casey Anthony, Where the Truth Lies, on the streaming service Peacock, which was apparently the only company that would even touch the pile of nuclear horse shit that was Casey Anthony's version of the truth. From the very first scene of the documentary, Casey comes across as extremely calculated in everything that she says and does. At least to me and like, you know, 99% of the other people who wasted enough of their lives watching this travesty. Mm, Excuse me. Let's just say that this had come out like a year or two earlier than Amber Heard could have taken some notes on how to cry on cue. Not like good notes, but notes. At least, you know, something better than the utter failure of a performance that we got during the uh, testimony at her trial. Because like, Jesus, that was speaking of dumpster fires. But anyway, moving right along. Wise man. Moving on. One of the first things that Casey does is unpack a very carefully curated collection of pictures and letters along with a stack of discs containing even more files and photos. She claims that she looks at these things every single day, devastated by the pain that they bring her. The only problem I have with this is that all of the discs look brand new. Like, she basically went to Walmart the day before filming and then burned them all just so she would have them. And then, like, even the stacks of photos and letters look like they haven't been handled anytime recently, let alone daily. This was only the first in a series of perfectly planned out and carefully scripted events that are placed throughout the show in order to make Casey Anthony seem human. Now, I'm not here to try and convince anyone if she did or didn't do it. That topic has been debated and argued about so many times when I am not here to beat that dead horse. I am here, however, to pick apart some of the glaring issues and inaccuracies in Casey Anthony's updated version of The Truth. What is perhaps one of the worst parts about this documentary, and one of the most insulting to its viewers, is the fact that Casey very early on acknowledges that the one question that everyone really wants to know, the one thing we actually give a fuck about hearing from her mouth at this point, is what actually happened to little Kaylee Anthony that day. She acknowledges this, and then basically says that she won't be answering the question. I really should have just turned off the documentary then. I should have just known better. Should have just just not wasted my time. (sighs) Honestly, the whole show just rubbed me wrong from the moment it started. Yes, Casey showed emotion at what seemed like all the right times. But upon closer inspection, did she really? Because it seems to me that the only times that Casey truly shows actual emotion, like real fucking tears and everything, was when she was talking about herself, about how she felt, about her pain. With all the unanswered questions of what happened to Kaylee, with all the talk of what happened to her, 
it almost seems as if Casey never even thought of how Kaylee must have felt that day. Like the thoughts of, I hope my child wasn't scared or alone or in pain never even crossed her mind. I don't even plan on having kids, but I know that if I had a child go missing for 31 days, that would be the only thing I would be able to think about. And I sure as fuck wouldn't have waited 31 days to tell anyone about it and to report my child missing. <sighs> Sorry, getting emotional, carried away. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a story that just makes you angry from the fucking beginning. The very beginning, you're just angry. Like, why? Why didn't you say shit? And she tries to, like, justify it in the fucking documentary. I'm, I'm going to do a dab. I'm going to do the melon tree. Um, hopefully it calms me down a little. <sighs> but, yeah. Like, I, just 31 days. And then she tries to claim that... Well, I'll get into what she tries to claim about why she didn't call and what the fuck actually... Well sort of what actually happened whatever she wants to say <clears throat> all i know is it's bullshit all of it i don't give a fuck my god <clears throat> hmm. maybe i need to turn this thing down a little i mean it's only at 5 30. anyway so uh the melon tree <sighs> love them like citrus turps any kind of like melony fruity like citrusy i'm about it i'm about it i don't know about you but i like that sound I mean, am I wrong here? Am I am I being too too harsh, too judgmental? Uh, you know, everybody reacts differently to situations and like, oh my god, you don't know because you weren't there. I mean, I, neither was she apparently cuz like Jesus fucking Christ, how you just be like 31 days and you don't need, the only reason that anybody even knew anything is because your mom finally tracked you down. And was like, uh, where the fuck's your daughter? And you're like, um, oh yeah, she's she's kind of been missing for like a month. And what was she doing for that entire month that her daughter was missing? Uh, partying, going out with friends, and of course she's gonna be like, do you ever see a drink in my hand in any of the pictures? No. You know what else I don't see in your hand? Your daughter. You know what else I don't see in your hand? Missing flyers for your daughter. You know what else I don't see in your hand? The phone so you can call the police and report your daughter missing. Anyway, that is fucking tasty. God damn. <laughs> it's got like a sweet taste to it. <coughs> <coughs> oh fuck <coughs> yeah 
probably turn it down just a smidge, maybe won't even cough as much. <coughs> Jesus. <coughs> oh, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm stoned. <coughs> I don't even like that guy. That's why he's the designated driver. Jesus. Why do I keep saying that? <coughs> oh, awkward silence. Just a second to compose myself. All right. So let's look at a couple of the contradictions that have come up with all of the new information revealed in this mockumentary. Pay no mind to the pile of contradictions behind the curtain. One of the things that Casey says contradicts one of her defense's main focal points, and this was that Kaylee had accidentally drowned in the family pool. Now, 11 years later, she is adamant that Kaylee did not drown. (coughs) Jesus, maybe the syrup will help. Mmm. Delicious. That is the Paper Planes Fast Acting Nano Serum. Soon available in uh, tiny little shots. They'll be delicious. And I believe 100 milligrams to two. Yeah, 100 milligrams each. Yeah, something like that. But um, Ah. All right. Okay, so as I mentioned, 11 years later, she is now adamant that Kaylee did not drown. One of the jurors from the trial was pretty upset upon hearing this, saying, quote, so either the defense was a lie or she's lying now. End quote. Uh, Both. I think that both answers are true. She's lying now. They were lying then. She was lying then. It's just all bullshit. Just that that's just plain and simple. It's all bullshit. I mean, just <sighs> anyway. So then if Kaylee didn't drown, how does Casey explain the part of her recently revived story where her father George comes up to her with Kaylee's lifeless and dripping wet body? This is what I had mentioned earlier uh, of her explanation as to. uh, That's not what I mentioned earlier. I mentioned the. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, 
but basically uh she <clears throat> i threw myself off there so then if kaylee didn't drown So then, if Kaylee didn't drown, how does Casey explain the part of her now recently revised story where her father George comes up to her with Kaylee's lifeless and dripping wet body? Um, basically, this is her explanation of the events that happened that day. She went to sleep with her daughter next to her, as usual, no big deal. She wakes up to her father shaking her awake where's kaylee where's kaylee she's gone you let her get away and then uh so they go looking for her and then apparently george comes up to her holding kaylee who's dripping wet and not moving <coughs> and explains to her that you know she had like fallen in the pool or something it's just it's it's all it's all bullshit so it doesn't really matter what the story was because it's all bullshit it's bullshit so why was kaylee wet then oh this gets yeah this gets dark uh just just a heads up this gets a little dark well according to casey anthony's theory after her father had molested and killed Kaylee, he had dipped her body in the pool, pulled her back out, and then confronted Casey with the lifeless body, blaming her for not being there when her daughter needed her the most. Uh, this basically ties in with Casey's accusations that both her father and her brother uh, sexually assaulted her throughout her childhood. And so then she's now carrying this over to her daughter saying that her father basically is like blatantly saying that her father sexually assaulted her daughter and then killed her. And so basically she's throwing this fool under the bus completely. <clears throat> anyway. She then says that he told her that everything was going to be okay took Kaylee's body and left their house, at which point she hopped into her white Pontiac Sunfire and fled to her boyfriend's. <coughs> which brings us to another inconsistency. The evidence of there having been a decomposing body in the Pontiac Sunfire. Evidence of a decomposing body was clearly present in the trunk of the vehicle when it was found abandoned weeks later. Also, why abandon the car? I mean, if you, if you, come on. Does anybody, you, no? Okay. So, also, the de evidence of decomposition was not just that of any decomposing body, but that of Kaylee Anthony. Uh, basically, there was hair in the trunk that, uh, I guess when you when the body decomposes, there's something called hair banding, and it's like these bands that appear on the follicles of hair, and so it's evidence that this the hair came from a decomposing body. So yeah, so the hair banding was pretty clear evidence that 
Kaylee's body had been in the trunk of that vehicle at some point. So if George took Kaylee away and Casey fled in her in her car, why would there be any evidence of decomposition in the trunk of her car? And yes, I know that the defense tried to claim that there were other things that could explain the decomposition and even why strands of uh, the decomposition and even why strands of hair might show the banding that is normally a telltale sign of coming from a dead and decomposing body and blah, blah, blah. That's their fucking job to try and pick apart the prosecution's case, no matter what, whether their client is guilty or innocent. I mean, they defended fucking OJ for fuck's sake. I'll take anything a criminal defense lawyer says with a huge fucking grain of salt. <sighs> anyway. Perhaps one of my favorite moments where Casey Anthony proves that she is still nothing more than a damn dirty liar. Dirty liar. Is when she talks about her quiet and isolated life since the trial. Hold on, I need a, I need a, I need a drink for this one. And then probably some water. So, she claims that other than going to work or spending quiet nights at home or eating dinner with members of her defense team, which we'll get to later because, like, that's just fucking weird. <clears throat> she really only enjoys going out into nature because she, quote, doesn't like going out anymore. End quote. Wow, she's changed so much from her younger partying days. Except for the picture of her on stage at a Steel Panther concert that popped up. And the article in 2021 about her life of, quote, gambling and nonstop partying, end quote, in Florida, including getting into a bar fight. But, you know, she doesn't like to go out anymore. And, you know, she she only stays at home because she's a homebody now. She's, she's such a sweetie. <clears throat> and then, like, where is she getting all this money from? Like, the, the to gamble and, you know, drink and do all this shit. And, you know, it's be, I mean, obviously, the weirdest thing to me is that she lives with Pat McKenna, which was a member of her defense team. And she now, I mean, she now works for him. But uh, I, I feel like, you know, there was a a little bit of a sugar daddy situation kind of going on here. Um, you know, she also slept with her attorney during the trial. So there's that too. Anyway, not getting into that. <clears throat> oh no, I'm not touching that one. What was probably the bad? Anyway, I think I need to hit the starship. I apologize that the first episode that I'm doing video with is uh, this one. <laughs> really wish it had been like part two of the simulation theory episodes, but the studio was set up and I wasn't quite ready yet for video. So as you can see, though, got things set up. 
and I hope that when I add guests, I'll have different camera angles set up for them as well. Uh, got my little couch over here, uh, some extra microphones, got the whole situation going on. That was awkward, and I really, really, really am going to hate editing this episode, but I'm just going to shut up now. all right what was probably the biggest and most controversial bomb that was dropped in where the truth lies however was when casey anthony all but flat out accused her father of sexually assaulting kaylee accidentally killing her dipping her into the pool to cover his tracks and then somehow supposedly convincing casey to believe that she was alive and well for the 31 days that she was missing and beyond I'm sorry, but that was the biggest crock of shit I have heard in a long damn time. Not the biggest bomb dropped. That made such little sense that the only way to even explain it was with a run-on sentence that would make my high school English teachers bitch slap me. Her father, George, has expressed his outrage at these expanded accusations and is even considering taking legal action against her after the mockumentary aired. He was fully expecting Casey to continue to throw him under the bus, but he had no idea that she would be the one to drive it over him repeatedly. Now, should all or some or any of Casey Anthony's bullshit actually be true, then I do agree that it is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. However, the past has shown Casey to be a compulsive liar in almost every aspect of her life, so why should now be any different? If you want to waste about three hours of your life watching this steaming pile of rhino shit and make a decision for yourself, help yourself. But if you haven't made that mistake just yet, I would strongly advise that you save yourself. Go. Just go on without me. Go, damn you. If you have any feedback on this or any other episode, you can... (laughs) Sorry, you can send an email to feedback at dabtodeath.com or you can just message me on any of the social medias at dabtodeath unless you're on Instagram, then it's at dabtodeath podcast. Um, be sure to like and subscribe to the new YouTube channel and be ready for the new Twitch channel and Patreon coming soon. The Patreon will have uncensored and unedited content, bonus reels, uh, bloopers, Maybe even some stories you only get if you're a Patreon donor. Uh, Other than that, be careful out there. You never know when you may get dabbed to death. Do I have to stop everything?